are you all doing guys welcome back to your retro gaming podcast and today you're listening to episode 18. these last couple of weeks have been absolutely mad a lot has happened behind the scenes um, a couple of products have came out that you know i haven't had beef with but it's just let's let's jump straight into that one to be exact so you may have seen across our social networks on you know on our website and our youtube channel that soldier boy has released a a new handheld and it's called the trader pocket and after doing some research and uh producing a video on it and why it's a little bit shady the team actually decided to facetime me out of nowhere and have a chat with me about the video uh, and it w- it was a little bit awkward i understand where they're coming from they're they're building a new product but it's I still stand by what I said, and I didn't budge when they FaceTimed me. It, it was all a little bit weird, and I'll explain what happened in this video. So, Soldier Boy has released a new handheld, and it looks identical to the original Retroid Pocket and the Pow Kitty A19. And why everyone's a little bit, um, you know, hating on the product is because they're coming out, and Soldier Boy's claiming that this is his brand new handheld. You've never seen it before. He's worked on it. Uh, for for years now and he's finally launched it where in reality they've just bought the shell and the buttons from a company in China that has had this backlog of shells and stuff so they haven't done anything creative in terms of the handheld like someone else has designed this and they've just taken the work and the shell which uh, which is okay I guess if you want to keep your uh, budgets low but when you come out and say that you've built a new handheld from scratch and it's a complete lie. It's hard for like me and Retro Dodo as a brand to recommend it if their if their first marketing strategy is just lies. And Soldier Boy um, came out with it saying that it can play Fortnite and stuff. And it's a little bit awkward because there's no trigger buttons and etc. So I explained this in the video. You know, I told people to kind of stay away from it because of Soldier Boy's history. Uh, and then uh, eventually the Trader Pocket team, which is the actual company. So the company is called Trader Pocket and that's what the product is called. Um, and they got in touch with me and said, hey, like, you know, we didn't uh, know what Soldier Boy did in the past. We wouldn't have worked with him if we knew that. And um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, done some bad things for the business. And I said, okay, like you should have seen that. Like your marketing team should have seen Soldier Boy's history because it's been everywhere. Over every gaming website over the last year, he's released two consoles. Both have been really, really bad and fake and he's stolen people's money and not shipped products. Like how as a marketing company, the Trader Pocket didn't see this um you know it's just it's either lies or they really did miss it and if they did miss it that's just really poor of their marketing team to not think of that before they did that so the biggest mistake with trader pocket as a business is using soldier boy as a marketing campaign now apparently like soldier boy doesn't own the handheld or have any creative insight with the handheld so when he's coming out in his tweets and his Instagram saying, I made a handheld, it's actually not true. He's actually just getting commission off of sales from Trader Pocket. Now, 
after speaking with Trader Pocket, they are doing a couple of cool things. But the what what they're doing is basically combining a handheld console, an Android handheld console, with a way of using social media apps. So if you're playing an uh, an Android app, let's say I don't know Candy Crush, you can then go over to uh, TikTok or Netflix. And the way they're kind of marketing it is that no other handheld could do this, which is fair enough. So what they've done is actually coded the Netflix app and TikTok and social media to be used with an analog stick and buttons, which I admit that's actually pretty cool. But why not just use your phone? You know, people use their phone for both Android games and apps. That's good enough. And usually people, if they want something decent or something more in- inclined with gaming, they go out and buy a handheld. They don't want a handheld that um, niches to both social media apps and gaming. They just want a decent gaming handheld. So the Trader Pocket is in a really, really weird niche. And I think they're teaming up with other celebrities soon. I can't mention who, um, but it just feels like they haven't done a lot of market research on what retro or like handheld gamers actually want from a handheld. And they've gone down the easy route by using someone else's design and just simply adding a new chip to it and a touchscreen display. Like the touchscreen display is actually a nice feature, um, but using a touchscreen on a 3.5 inch display is so awkward. It's so awkward, you don't even wanna use it. The resolution on the display isn't very good. I can imagine it's quite like maybe 720p. If it's 1080p, that's impressive, but I can imagine it's only 720p. Um, So you can imagine trying to use TikTok or Netflix on a 3.5 inch display. I just don't get the product. Now, if we put all of the mark, the poor marketing strategy behind the lies of it being a new product and the incredibly high high price tag of $300, let's put that aside and then look at the product as if it was brand new. It does look good. It has no trigger buttons, so I don't know how you're really going to play Fortnite or shooting games like PUBG and all of the big Android games like well. How are you going to do that without any trigger buttons. It just bewilders me a little bit. And the fact that you want Netflix and TikTok on a handheld console, like nobody has asked for that. Nobody wants that. I think they may have like wanted to get into the handheld scene. They may have seen that it's like booming recently and wanted a piece of the pie and have just been like, okay, let's just add new apps to the handheld store and get get one of our team to code it so that it works with an analog stick. Some people will like that, absolutely, but I can't imagine a lot of people will. They just want a decent handheld. That's why the Retroid Pocket and the Pow Kitty A19, the exact same looking handheld, didn't sell that well. It wasn't even a good retro games console. So even if you wanted to go down the social media route, like is this a good social media handheld? No, not really because of the small 3.5 inch display and the awkwardness of having to use an analog stick. You know, it's, it's just, it's taking two really poor things and putting it into an even poorer product. What they should have done is gone and uh, designed a whole new handheld, new shells, you know, new buttons, a new design, and then came out that way. And then they would have had people behind them respecting them because they did genuinely make a brand new product with a new concept of using social media apps. But 
They just went down the route of taking the shortcut, using uh, someone else's designs, and then teaming up with Soldier Boy, which was probably the worst mistake possible because just his history. So the marketing team behind it, you know, probably need to go back to the drawing board, but I just feel like they haven't done much market research in terms of what retro or handheld gamers want. They've just came up with an idea and they've got a lot of money behind them to pump into ambassadors and celebrities to promote this now that's an even poorer marketing strategy because yes they might have more followers but the their followers aren't interested in gaming do you know what i mean like soldier boy all of his uh uh followers that are into gaming just don't trust him anymore they're not going to use any of their money to spend on a product he's promoting because they've done that before and didn't get their product so they're not going to buy it if you promote it through Soldier Boy. And if you do it with other big celebrities, you know, you're just better off spending tens of thousands of dollars or probably hundreds of thousands of dollars on like retro gaming YouTube channels, gaming celebrities, gaming influencers to get a better return on investment. Like that's just the basics of advertising. You'd rather pay a, uh, pay more for a niche passionate audience for a higher ROI than going with celebrities that have no followers really interested in gaming but that's not for me to say I just think it's been really poorly advertised and the lies behind it and the use of an old shell which looks identical to other handhelds on the market it's just not a way to get successful sales so I have to see how Trader Pocket does as a business over the coming months. Uh, they did get in touch with me and said they'd like to send me one. So they have offered to send me one. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks that should arrive. But actually, I don't even know. I don't, they haven't even given me uh, uh, an estimated time of delivery within the the receipts and the emails. And I messaged the, the team behind it and they haven't got back to me yet saying when. So... I don't know if it's like a little cash grab. They're trying to get in as many pre-orders as possible for them to have the budget to then be able to buy the stock because usually with these things, you have to buy a large quantity of these products uh, when you get them from China. So they'll, and they might end up drop shipping it. I don't know. They might get it into their offices in Spain to then ship. But I just know that maybe they're wanting to get in a big wad of money with these pre-orders to then eventually be able to kickstart the business, which if that's the case and they don't have enough sales, um, let's just hope we get refunds. That's all I'm saying. But as of now, um, it's just a little shady. But when the product does come, I'm going to completely review it honestly. I'm going to review it knowing all of the information I do now uh, and we'll go from there. You never know, it might be a cool little product, but as of now, I highly doubt that, and it's just a little bit shady. Like, they have no gameplay of anything. Like, they they said it can play Fortnite, but they haven't shown any Fortnite gameplay. They've simply shown a menu in Fortnite. Like, why not show gameplay? Why not jump into PUBG and show us that? Why not show us Netflix being played on it? Why not show us other things, do you know? It's just a bit weird that they've launched, they've paid a lot of money to work with Soldier Boy and promote it on Instagram with paid ads, yet they're not even showing you any type 
of gameplay or the handheld working. It's just images. It's just 3D images. So just wait and see. I recommend staying away from this until you see our review or even just content on it and then go for that. Um, so that that's been quite stressful this week because I don't like I I met the team and there's like 10 to 15 of them on FaceTime and I'm not that kind of person that wants to you know create any beef or like lower their sales so they can't start paying their employees but you need to remember that Retro Dodo is all about giving the community advice on on spending their money wisely on retro gaming products and when a new product comes in the scene we want to give our honest opinions on it and at this moment in time i think it's wise to just hold out wait for reviews and see what people say and then give our honest opinion on their whole marketing tactics and stuff but yeah so hopefully in a few weeks we will have a review of the trader pocket and i think we're gonna like see a lot more like companies try and do this, try and take shells and designs of old products and add some new features and then try and sell it as a new handheld. And I think what we have to do is put up our shields quite early and close the gates and be like, hey, don't try selling stuff to us if it's not new and it's not legit. You know, just be honest. If Trader Pocket was 100% transparent with everything they said, like, hey, we like this shell, we want to make the Retroid Pocket better. We've added a touchscreen, we've added Netflix, we've added a new chip with three gigabytes of RAM. Check it out. And I think a lot of people probably would have bought it because, you know, the shell isn't bad, it just really lacks shoulder buttons. So, you know, it all comes down to if transparency. If they're not transparent and they're telling lies, then you're not going to get sales, are you? Because people know you're lying. Um, but anyway, next... The next product I want to talk about is the Hyperkin Retron Square. There is a video going up today, actually. That vi- Yeah, the review is going up today after this podcast. And it's basically a Game Boy console that can play Game Boy and Game Boy Color cartridges. Like, the concept was really cool. And when unboxing it, the product looks absolutely awesome. It's made, it's made by Hyperkin. Uh, they make a lot of retro gaming products. Uh, they're not necessarily the best quality products out there, but they're always innovating and bringing out new stuff, which we which we enjoy. Um, and, and the Retron Square was good; like it looks incredible. It's a nice piece of you know product that you can just keep on your desk and in your your retro cave. Um, but once you start getting onto Game Boy Advance emulation, it was a little bit poor and clunky. And Someone even found out that if you plug in a keyboard and press F1, you go into the RetroArc menu. Um, so what they've done is they've basically loaded up RetroArc. And, and after I put up um, a question about it on Twitter, a lot of people said that Hyperkin hasn't even asked the RetroArc community whether they can use it or not. Now, it is somewhat open source, so legally they can, but Hyperkin didn't ask them if they could or even give them acknowledgement that they were going to use it. So Hyperkin have definitely cut a lot of corners here. Um, and, and the main reason why you'd have to plug in a keyboard is because the frame rates are really, really poor on Game Boy Advance. And they've came out saying that the Game Boy Advance 
games on it are in beta and they've launched it like that. They've basically launched a half-ass product that doesn't really work. But someone found out that if you plug in a keyboard, press F1, go down to settings, you can change the frame skip on it uh, with just the press of a button, which works. So we're not sure how Hyperkin actually missed that because it's such an easy fix. Um, but it just goes to show you that they haven't done much research uh, and they've just kind of launched the game, the, the, the product, knowing that the Game Boy Advance doesn't work very well. Um, so hopefully that gets fixed with some firmware, but knowing that, you know, they had these issues and they use RetroArch without consent, is it's just a little bit poor. And, you know, when you see that they're putting out this product, it really degrades the quality of their brand, which is unfortunate. But Game Boy and Game Boy Color run really, really well. And it's actually really fun to be able to just go from, you know, video editing to switch to HDMI. And you can just play your Pokemon games on your monitor or TV via HDMI. So that was really, really cool. Uh, I'm just hoping that they get all of this fixed. And the, and the customization in the emulator, it doesn't exist. You can't, you know, uh, do like cheats or add borders or save states, load state. You can save on the cartridge, but you can't save in um, the emulator. So that was, and that's really easy to do to customize an emulator. Like the community are doing that anyway. But it's just sad to see Hyperkin launching a half ass product and trying to get the community to help them turn it into the product that they want. Uh, it's a little bit lazy, but, you know. The product itself looks good, but it's just, you know, it's 80% of the way there. And that's why we gave it a 6 out of 10 on our website uh, and in the review. Um, it's just, just not there yet. And it's sad to see Hyperkin keep on doing this. Um, a couple of things which I've been doing, or one main thing, is that I've always been personally a big fan of a YouTube channel called Accessorize Me. I've been following him for years on years, and he inspired me back, back, way back to kind of like upgrade the production value of the YouTube channel and the YouTube content I can I put out. And constantly I watch every one of his videos and it's just a little bit inspiring. So I decided to team up with Jamesy Plays. I don't know if you can remember, we've had him on the podcast before. Uh, a really great guy in the modding scene doing some awesome stuff. And he managed to create a blacked out custom Game Boy Color for me that I'm going to uh, send, accessorize me just as like a thank you. Uh, really, uh, he does a lot of videos of like blacked out gear or everyday carry. So I'm hoping he'll enjoy it so much that it features in one of his videos. And it's just a cool way for a content creator to a content creator to just say thank you with a little gift. And I always think it's quite nice to give these YouTubers an insight into the retro modding world in hopes that it brings more people into the scene, into the niche, into the community, and hopefully people can, you know, start working with these modders and the modders can start making more money on products and stuff. So hopefully this little gift to accessorize me will bring more eyes to the retro modding community. That That's, that's my hopes anyway. Um, a couple of things that or products that are launching recently or have launched. One coming up is called the PowKitty RGB 10 Max. Now, for those of you that don't know, PowKitty made this little handheld. It almost looks like a little Nintendo Switch Lite Mini. It's called the RGB 10. Uh, and now they're coming out with a Max version with a much bigger screen. I think it has a 5-inch screen. And it will be able to emulate everything up to 
N64 and a dabble of Dreamcast. So it's still using the RK3326 chip, which is, you know, pretty basic nowadays. We're, very, we're due a new chip hopefully at the end of this year, but we'll see if anyone wants to invest into that and pull the trigger before anyone else. The first person that does do that will end up winning. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone wants the new chip now, and if done well and teamed up with a, a good designed handheld, it's, it's gonna sell. So Kitty aren't doing that yet. They're still squeezing the juice out of this arcade chip, which is fair enough. And in the handheld they're launching, they said in a few days, so maybe in a few days of this uh, podcast, you'll be able to find it on AliExpress and on our website uh, with a with a little kind of um, article going over how, what we think of it. Uh, and it, it does generally look like a Nintendo Switch Lite. It's very similar sized, and it just basically plays your your retro game. So that's going to be good to to see when that comes out. People want a bigger screen in these handhelds now. The 3.5-inch display is cool, but um, some of us older folk and us older retro gamers need a bit more screen real estate. So Palkiddy have listened, and so did the Odroid Go Super team. Uh, and like I said in many episodes ago, these handhelds are, are, are going down the bigger screen route, and they, they're going to do it while they, have, while they can squeeze the juice out of this arcade chip. So... There's not going to be any new power upgrades. It's all going to be design and bigger screens. And one of the recent ones we reviewed as well is called the Waveshare GPM280. And they sent out this to review. And I always feel really bad when a company sends out a product to review uh, and I just don't like it. <laughs> like I like being, like I, I, I am always honest with, our, with my reviews. But I always feel sad deep down when a company who are so thrilled to work with us send out a review unit and I'm, I just basically tell them it's terrible. Um, and that was the Waveshare GPM280. It looks like a little Game Boy Micro, like near identical to a Game Boy Micro. And I'm kind of impressed how they get away with it because, um, yeah, Nintendo are quite good at tracking down people who are copying them and doing doing things like that so i'm not sure how long that's going to last but that came in and that basically had a raspberry pi cm3 in it but no analog stick a tiny little 2.5 inch display and it was just a little bit you know clunky the only reason you would buy it is if you really really like the game boy micro and want something a little bit bigger so that was a bit of a disappointment but it's good to see some companies coming out with you know innovation and i always feel bad when a company does something different in hopes that it it sells and it doesn't and it almost kind of defeats the purpose purpose of innovating a little bit in the handheld scene so it was sad to to give them a poor review but you know the brand that i want to build is giving people good advice about what they spend their money on in the retro gaming scene because you know we all work hard for our money and we shouldn't be spending it on average or poor products. Um, so yeah, that was a little bit disappointing. And moving away, the last thing I want to talk about, or there's two things I want to talk about, is the uh, Neopets. I don't know if you, uh, any of you knew Neopets, but me as a 90s kid, this was like a big game on the PC that you could basically upgrade and level up pets. They could evolve, you could train them, play mini games with them, and they'd eventually evolve and you get rare rarities and stuff and you can play with your friends on PC. It was like the first ever multiplayer game on PC that I really got into and apparently 
the devs are possibly thinking about bringing it to Nintendo Switch. So maybe not this year, maybe next year, but Neopets on the Nintendo Switch I think would be really cool, very nostalgic. I don't think I'd get into it deeply, but it's almost like um, a new kind of Pokemon for the younger generation that like pets and, you know, like to level up and play mini games and stuff. So maybe for the younger generation, like the kids at school, it's going to be a really cool game for them to get into. And you never know, like it could blow up and the kids want to start collecting cards again because Neopets released cards back in the day. I've even got a few um, sealed here in the office just for, for nostalgia reasons. So maybe Neopets is going to make a comeback, which would be really cool because... I think um, from what uh, I, I read is that Neopets and a lot of other games like Club Penguin were basically evolved and created on the Adobe Flash platform. And when Adobe and Flash basically couldn't be used on all of these web browsers, these games and these development teams just kind of went into the dust. So all these ideas like Club Penguin and Neopets, you know, they're just left there to almost die. So apparently the developers maybe want to do something with that and i really do think they should come out of a kickstarter or or something like a crowdfunding campaign to get off the ground because i think a lot of people remember neopets and, and really enjoy the the game and maybe want to chuck in a couple of quid to to help them so that's all of like the news and the products that's released over the last couple of couple of weeks i haven't got much in the office at the moment um but uh, you know, the YouTube channel has been doing pretty good recently, strong numbers um, and just a lot of products coming in. And if you, you might have seen as well that I've upped the quality of our reviews, it takes me a lot longer to produce, but I feel like that's the route I want to go down. Like I do like just talking off the whim, ad lib in my reviews, um, but a lot of times like I'll miss features and stuff and it just doesn't feel like decent quality so the new uh youtube review style has definitely upped the production value and i hope to do this a lot more over the coming months um so the youtube channel's doing really well social you know it's kind of plateaued a little bit i've just been too busy to post a lot on like instagram and twitter and facebook um uh, because I've been working on the, the YouTube channel and the website a lot. There's a big, none of you will know, obviously, um, but there's a big Google update coming out in May that's basically taking in consideration like site speed, how your site looks and if it's actually friendly and they're doing a load of like affiliate stuff as well. So if your site is doing like a, an article about a product and then only doing one par paragraph of content, Google will actually... Uh, like not strike you but push that article down the ranks so for us to as a business to sustain ourselves we need to rank our content highly to get more hits so we have to rewrite a lot of content go up and update it and just keep an eye on it so in may there's a big update um so i'm gonna be working my butt off on the website just to keep an eye on things um, so, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, a website, you just need to upload content. Like, no, there is so much to do and it's really expensive. Like I'm paying probably near 500 quid to just keep the website alive. And then I'm paying Seb, the writer, a lot of money. So there's a lot of outgoings just to keep the site alive. 
Um, so it's not just like a typical blog. There's people working on it. I need, you know, decent servers to keep it up and running when there's a lot of traffic. I need to do security on it and pay for that. The SSL, uh, you know, in like MailChimp and hosting, it's just mad how much work goes into keeping a website alive. But I'm hoping that it brings you guys and other people in the community a lot of value, um, which it is. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of work when building a website and trying to build a brand and then keeping on top of Google updates that change. It's just a little bit stressful at the moment, but we're getting there. Um, so yeah, that's just the, just the update of the week and the site and the brand. As per usual, I really, really appreciate you guys watching and listening. Oh, before I go in there, there's a funny story, right? So a lot of you may be Patreons on here, um, and I came up with an idea. You've all probably got the free mugs by now, but um, a few weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to send um, all of our Patreons a mug uh, just to say thank you um, for supporting throughout the, the last couple of months because obviously the pandemic it takes a toll on people. So I was like, okay, let me see how much it takes to get a... Uh, mug sourced printed and shipped and it came to like $19 per mug so I was like okay let's see how many that is that's like 12 people if patreons you know I can I can afford $200 to send them all a mug and then I, and then I sent out a tweet saying anyone who supports us in March will get a free mug oh my god we went up to 42 people I ended up spending $700 on mugs because of this out of the whim thing that I did. Now, it like it isn't the end of the world. I wanted to do that, and the more people that support us, sending them a mug was not the end of the world. But um, yeah, it, it was just like a. It wasn't. A, I I shouldn't have. I don't think I should have tweeted it. I think I should have uh, just sent the people who were a Patreon originally uh, a mug just to say thank you instead of people coming in. Because what I found is that I've sent people the mug. Uh, they've came in and spent like let's say they've they've donated two dollars which is nice of them i appreciate that um but they've got their mug and then they've left so there's a lot of people that have came in and just left um which is sad you know because i just feel like they've came in for the mug and then left but hey uh, i'm just happy that the mug has got into actual supporters hands um so yeah just a, a funny little thing that happened a couple of weeks ago for you as per usual, thank you for listening. Make sure to follow us on Spotify or whatever audio uh, platform you are listening to. And we hope to do uh, a podcast every couple of weeks or every few weeks. So yeah, thanks for watching and listening and we'll catch you in the next one. Ciao.